Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, bud. Um, just two questions about covering Jimmy. You you guys went with Wesley for long stretches last night, and then he didn't play the final five minutes. Just what did you see with that, that he wasn't a part of that closing lineup? Yeah, you know, you're always, um, you know, having to figure out who's going to be on the court and everybody brings something, you know, to the team and, um, you know, you got to make tough decisions. So just went with the guys that we had out there and uh, certainly appreciate what Wesley can do and what he did for a lot of those minutes. So, um, you know, he, he's, he's going to be important to us going forward. And then is Giannis someone that's considered for that, that job, that primary defender on Jimmy Butler? Yeah, I think, you know, that's one of the things that makes Giannis so unique is, you know, he can guard, uh, you know, lots of different positions, lots of different people, impact the game, you know, either off the ball with his activity or as a primary defender on, um, you know, what, whatever position um, we need him to be. So certainly in consideration and discussion. What changes are they going to make? Because the Bucs need to do something. They didn't look good, especially down the stretch in game one against the Miami Heat. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Also, don't forget, they have the Bud Light Seltzer, which is doesn't have Bud Light in it. It's just a seltzer, but it's manufactured by them, which is why it's called Bud Light Seltzer. Wanted to make sure you knew that. Uh, joining us now, we have got uh, our good buddy uh, Eric Name from The Athletic, covers Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, you heard his voice there in the Q&A with Coach Budenholzer. And, uh, Eric, what do you think this team is going to do when it comes to making some of the uh, some of the changes? Man, uh, you know, I, I think the big thing to me is they just have to find a way to get Wesley Matthews on the floor more. Um, you know, he plays 24 minutes in game one. 19 of those minutes were at the same time as Jimmy Butler was on the floor. And as far as the matchups that make sense for him, I just think you look at Wesley Matthews and and how well he knows Jimmy Butler. Obviously, those two went to Marquette together. Wesley's a couple years older. Um, They've known each other for a long time. Wesley has a pretty good idea of his moveset. He's super physical. He's a little bit more compact than a guy like Chris Middleton who might struggle on a screen. Uh, and obviously I asked about Giannis as well, uh, but the Bucks want to use Giannis as a help side defender. That's always kind of the way that they've used him this year, uh, where he can just kind of blow everything up on, on the backside. And I, I think one of the adjustments you're going to see is Giannis being a lot more aggressive on that backside. Uh, at the story I wrote at the Athletic uh, yesterday that is still up there today, um, Giannis is the one that takes the ball to the basket on the – final six shots that Jimmy Butler makes. Jimmy Butler makes six shots in the final six minutes of that game, and Giannis is the one standing on the backside taking the ball out of the basket. And I just have to assume that that just kills Giannis, that he has to feel totally helpless because all that he did was just stick him on the backside and let Jimmy Butler isolate, and 
he's sitting there unable to to really do it much of anything, have any impact on the play. So I think they'll continue to use him as a help side defender, but I think you're going to see him be a lot more active on that help. I think you're going to see the whole team be a lot more active in their help against Jimmy Butler to try to get the ball out of his hands, make someone else hurt them, and, and really just try to make Jimmy Butler a lot less comfortable because he was just way too comfortable in game one. Um, when it comes to down the stretch and being comfortable, Giannis wasn't comfortable down the stretch. You did get some numbers from Chris Middleton. Bledsoe obviously didn't play. But, but Kyle Korver was it. The bench mob's not hitting. It seems like during the season we were always talking about somebody was the hero, whether it was DiVincenzo or George Hill or you'd pick a name. It was always somebody. Right now everything seems to be just off, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, the Heat make everything really difficult on the Bucks. Uh, they're, they're a really good defensive team. They know how to put up that wall against Giannis. They're probably one of the best in the entire NBA in putting that wall up against Giannis. So uh, I think you're going to see them continue to do that and make it tough on him. And then it, uh, I think a lot of this really comes down to Chris Middleton. I just got done rewatching game one for, I don't know, third or fourth time. And I, I think the thing that stands out is just that Middleton has to do so much that they're going to use him in all the pick and rolls. He's the one that has to create for the Bucks, And even when you're trying to get things to Giannis, he's the one that has to create there. So uh, I think so much of this just runs through Middleton that they're going to have to find ways to get him more comfortable. And then ultimately Giannis is the MVP. So he's going to have to find ways in the half court to, to make a bigger impact and to find a way to impact the game. So, I think really, you know, in the playoffs, it comes down to your best players. So it's going to be on those two. I don't know if there is going to be someone else here that steps up and and manages to make a play. They're going to have to rely on on their two best players. Uh, I'm looking at this as a must-win game. Do you see it that way? Uh, Maybe not yet. I I think they could lose tonight and then still find a way to, to rattle off four shots. Obviously, we saw the Raptors do that to the Bucks last year. Uh, this Bucks team is super talented. Uh, they're, they're, they were the best team in the league throughout the entire season, so I think they could still turn it around even with a loss tonight. But, I mean, I just think you don't want to put yourself in that position. You don't want to be in a spot where you really just take down that margin for error. Going into this series, I thought this was a series that, you know, the Heat would take a couple games and, you know, might push this thing out to to six, maybe even seven. And obviously you saw why they're able to do it in game one. And uh, I just think there there's an interesting thing here with the with this Bucks team because you can just kind of think about the way that the order of games happen. Maybe you drop one and it just ends up being the first one and you don't overreact, you don't freak out. I think that's a big thing for them. I don't think they really freaked out after that Magic game, uh, game one. I don't think they freaked out last year after the Celtics beat them in game one in the second round. I think both of those times they just kind of handled their business and went from there. And uh, I think tonight you see a much more aggressive Giannis and it might look like there's a little bit more urgency there and, and I think there should be, but I don't know if I'd go as far to say it's a must win. If uh, my biggest issue is you have not had consistent success against this team all season long. They have figured out a way to match up better against you. They've taken the wind out of your sails energy-wise, and they have forced you to do things you don't like to do, including with Giannis dribbling the basketball, running into that three-man wall, turning the ball over. It seems like just they have every time you've had a counter, they've had another measure that has taken you to another level of frustration. Is that just Eric Spolstra being that good with X's and O's or what? 
I think Spolstra is probably one of the three to five best coaches in the league. So you do have to give him tons of credit. He, he's really grown up some great stuff against Giannis. And, you know, you look at some of the, the timeouts or the plays after timeouts, ATOs, which, which Bud is one of the very best in the league. And you just rewatching some of those. The Heat knew what was coming. They had the Bucks scouted. They blew up that action. There was just nothing there for the Bucks in some of those spots where you could get easy baskets, easy looks. And, you know, you have to put a lot of that on the coach and how well prepared they are. And then I think the other thing is that one of the, I guess, strategies we've seen against Giannis over the years is play smaller against him and then do what you can to be super physical and dare officials to call fouls for the whole game. And that's really what the Heat do. They put a guy like Jay Crowder on Giannis, who's smaller than him, Andre Iguodala, who's smaller than him, Jimmy Butler, who's smaller than him, and essentially say, all right, follow, follow all three of those guys out of the game for, for covering Giannis. And, and officials just don't really do it because Giannis is bigger. It does have an advantage. So uh, they do really let those smaller guys play. And I think that's one of the difference we, differences we've seen in the bubble game that they played in those eight seeding games. That he put Bam Adebayo on them. And Giannis can be really aggressive and really physical against Bam Adebayo. He can put his shoulder down. He can do all the things that he likes to do without the concern of getting a foul. And you saw in game one, when those smaller guys are on him, they really whistle him for fouls. They really try to keep him in shot, uh, make sure that he's not just kind of pushing guys out of the way. And to Iguodala and Jay Crowder's credit, they really do a nice job selling that contact. So tonight, who do you think, other than Giannis being more aggressive and throwing uh, you know, this team on his back, who do you think needs to have a big game tonight, really needs to kind of shake off some of what's been ailing him? Well, I mean, I think the big thing is if Eric Bledsoe plays. Bledsoe could be huge for this just because of the way that Dragic really hurt them in, in game one, that if he can defend Dragic better, make things tougher on him, that could be a huge upgrade. And then I, I think the other thing I find myself thinking is, Where's Dante DiVincenzo? It, it has been a long right. time since we've seen him really have a good game, play well, make an impact defensively, make an impact offensively, score some points. And, I mean, it, it just feels like he has been kind of lost in in the bubble games and now in the first round against Orlando. And, he, I mean, he really had some moments in the middle of the regular season. So I, I think that's one thing that, if you're looking for a way to swing this, if Dante DiVincenzo or Pat Connaughton or just one of those bench wing guys, if one of them can really have a big game, that could kind of swing this thing. And they just really gave the Bucks nothing in those in those first two games. I think they played 39 minutes and might have had three points combined, something like that. So uh, those two have to be better, Connaughton and DiVincenzo. If, if one of those two can, can have a big impact off the bench, that could swing this game. Uh, real quick before I let you go, so uh, you got a guy like DiVincenzo if he comes back, but my question is, what's ailing him? Is it just something that is, say, the backdrop? He's just not comfortable? I mean, w- what do you think is ailing DiVincenzo? Because he was a guy that was so good when you needed a couple of good buckets, when you needed a couple of big ones, or just a, some of those buckets that extended leads or brought you back. It seems like he just cannot find his shot. Yeah, it just feels like he hasn't found his rhythm since they've returned. And, uh, you know, this was, in all reality, I guess kind of his first full year. He only played 28 games last year, uh, was out with a foot injury. And it just felt like by the time you got to January and February, 
had really found a rhythm and it didn't happen for him at the start of the year. The first couple months of the year, he didn't have that rhythm. And then he found that in the middle. So uh, I think the big thing with Dante is he's such a field based player uh, that you got to find a way to help him get rhythm. And I don't really know if there's a clean answer to this other than he's just got to play more and he's just got to find his spots and pick his spots and, and really continue to be aggressive. I, I think, more than anything, that might be the biggest thing is some of the plays that you see him make, it's when he's really aggressive, really attacking the rim, really attacking the rebound, whatever it may be. And I think in game one, you saw him get the ball underneath the basket a couple times and kick it out. And he just wasn't using his athleticism the way that he can. So I think for for him to get back to where he was, it's it's really a lot about him and him just finding his rhythm. Great stuff, Eric. We'll chat again soon, and uh, we'll see if this Bucks team can actually rebound and come back with a different tenacity tonight against this Miami Heat team. We'll talk again, okay? All right, sounds good. Thanks, Bob. Talk to you soon. There you go. Eric Name, Milwaukee basketball insider for The Athletic, joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. You can find him on Twitter at Eric underscore Name, N-E-H-M. Uh, and, again, Schneider being uh, right now they're hiring. If you're looking to do some hiring or you're looking for a new job or a new team or maybe just wanting to change teams, you can by all means do so. Go to SchneiderJobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE or SchneiderJobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.